0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. I'm Daniela Bruce and my partner in crime, Art Regner, he's out this week feeling a little under the weather, but I bet that's not stopping him from enjoying a nice, cold, frothy Labatt Blue. I hope I did a good job. I'll never describe it as well as art. So hopefully he'll be back next week to help me out with that. And of course, everything else that goes into this podcast. But today, we still have an exciting episode for you. You're going to hear from Red Wings prospects, Trey Augustine and Red Savage. The two of them are playing together at Michigan State right now. Michigan State is currently ranked fifth in the country. They're having a great year. And on top of that, goaltender Trey Augustine just led his team, Team USA, to a gold medal at World Junior and he's playing phenomenal in his freshman year at Michigan State. I know Red Wings fans are super excited to see him climb the ranks and eventually become a Red Wing. So we're going to check in with him along with Red Savage, who has had a bit of a different path, but he's been playing really well at Michigan State this year too. So he's going to talk to us about that. We'll get to those interviews very shortly. But first, these Red Wings, they are 6-0-1 to start 2024 and have put together back-to-back third-period comebacks on the road in really tough environments. One of those efforts on Sunday in Toronto, and then Wednesday taking on the Panthers in Sunrise. We're going to look back at both of those games because they were too exciting not to look back at, alright? We'll start with Wednesday's OT Thriller. The Wings were down 2-1 to in the third period when Robbie Fabry tied the game on a beautiful play from Michael Rasmussen. Rass has had a huge couple of games, especially against the Panthers. He really showed up for his team. Regulation ended in a 2-2 tie, and the Red Wings started OT with a man advantage. It was a four-on-three power play. Here's Ken Kell to paint the picture of how it ended. Ron in after it, trying to dig it loose. Comes away with it, moves it back in the line. Agasta Baird to Dylan Larkin in the high slot. He fakes, shoots, scores! Dylan Larkin wins the game in overtime! The captain of the Red Wings is mobbed out at center ice! Man, that's even better, hearing it the second time around. Of course, Ken Cal always giving us a great call. We're going to go back to Sunday night, too, because that's two straight big divisional wins for the Red Wings. Andrew Copp has had a really strong start to the new year for Detroit. Kopp has points in five straight games, which includes three goals, and he came up huge in Toronto on Sunday. Let's go back to Ken Cal for this one.
1: Turned it over to Rasmussen, feet in front of Kopp. He turns and fires and scores! Andrew Kopp with a goal! 140 to play and the Red Wings lead three to two.
0: Okay, I can't stress this enough. Back to back. Big divisional third period comeback road wins for the Red Wings, who currently sit in the third spot in the Atlantic Division as we sit here and talk today. Now, I know there are a lot of teams that are fighting for that wild card spot and that last spot in the Atlantic Division. Everybody seems to be within four or five points of each other. But for right now, the Red Wings keep winning, and they're sitting in that third spot, which is super exciting for this team now that we've reached mid-January and we're approaching the All-Star break. Perhaps the only bad news for the Red Wings... Is- Is that Patrick Kane left Sunday's game with an injury, and he'll be out at least the rest of the road trip? Here's the latest update from Derek Lalonde. Patty lower
2: body injury, uh, not related to his hip. Um, He's not going to be available for this trip. Uh, We'll get back to Detroit and uh, have a better feel. Probably an update for you here after the trip. But
1: encouraging
2: that it's not hip-related, I guess. Yes. 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 Certainly. Obviously. How do things change in the lineup with him out? Uh, obviously, Klim coming off IR, uh, so he'll slide right in. Uh, probably won't have a lot of different looks with the lines. Obviously, that marking line uh, has some chemistry, playing very well of weight, as has the uh, cop line. So, uh, obviously, we have some depth. Uh, plug Klim in and, and just kind of go from there. So, uh, probably similar 12 and 6 than what we saw the other day obviously.
0: It's been a great week for the Red Wings and now we're going to take a look into the future of the Detroit Red Wings. We'll get to our interview guests right now and we'll start with Red Wings prospect centerman Red Savage. Joining me now is Red Wings prospect Red Savage. Red, it's so great to catch up with you. You're a part of the Michigan State team right now that's absolutely crushing it this year so we're going to get to that in a little bit but first of all, how are you? Thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
1: I'm good. we've been uh, working really hard the past couple of weeks, so it's uh it's draining, but uh, it's exciting to see how far we've developed.
0: It's been a different path for you to get to Michigan State. You were drafted by the Red Wings in the fourth round in 2021 and you have a legacy at the University of Miami, Ohio, right? your your dad went there, your brother also played there. you played with him. Can you just describe what life has been like for you since being drafted by the Red Wings in 2021?
1: Yeah, draft day was definitely a, a really special day. Um, it was during COVID, so it yeah. <laughs> was it was online. So I, it was nice. I got to to spend. I had uh, probably thirty of my my close family members and friends uh, at my house for the draft. So it was cool. We were able to to watch it all outside. It was it's during the summer, so uh, we watched it on our back porch. And uh, seeing the Red Wings take me it was definitely a pretty special feeling. Okay, wait. I'm,
0: so nobody liked the whole COVID era, right? Obviously, it was terrible for a lot of reasons. But pretty cool that you got to throw a little party like that yeah. for the draft instead of being on location like a lot of people are for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, going to the draft is obviously... Uh, <laughs>
0: the goal, right? right? <laughs> you want to go <laughs> to the draft. you dreamed about I it your it. whole
1: life. But <laughs> yeah, I got to spend it with a lot of family members. I was actually... Uh, we had uh, a summer camp for the U.S. Uh, World Junior Team at the time, and uh, I was sick with mono during the during that, so I was uh, not attending the camp. So I actually, everyone at the camp had to do the draft at the camp, but I was able to do it at home, which was uh, kind of extra nice. Silver
0: lining, right? Yeah. Silver lining to all of that. Just... Yeah,
1: it was it was all right. Yeah. Uh, it was fun though. I got to spend time with uh, family members that I usually don't get to I got I got family pretty much all over the country right now and uh, yes being able to spend it with family was nice and being able to get picked by the Red Wings was super cool and uh, I only live 30 minutes away from from LCA so it's it was definitely super special and and getting the call from from all the PR and everything that works there is definitely a was a pretty surreal experience Um, yeah and then Pretty much since then, it's it's been a blast. They've they've treated me great so far. Being able to to get in there and work during the summers at, down at LCA and uh, be close with some of the guys that play there right now, and uh, just being able to make connections with people, it's uh, it's really special. And uh, they've done a great job so far.
0: So, do you chat with any of the current Red Wings right now, or who's kind of helped you through some of the processes you're going through right now?
1: Um, I'm not gonna say I'm best buddies with anyone on the team right now, but uh, I've gotten decently close with, uh, with Cop, Andrew Cop. Oh, cool. We've uh, worked out together for the past couple of years, so that's, that's been fun. And then uh, just a lot of the staff, being able to mm-hmm. get close with them is super important. All the, all the medical staff and all the uh, everyone in the weight room and all the skills coaches, uh, just getting able to create a connection with them is special be, before I'm able to really start going with them.
0: So when you started thinking about what you were going to do for college hockey, obviously Miami was at the top of the list. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I I committed really early Mm -hmm. and Miami was really the only uh, option I really had in my own mind for my my whole childhood. So uh, it was a it was a really special feeling being able to play two great years with my brother under a a program that my dad kind of laid the foundation for and Mm -hmm. uh, had his great legacy there. And um yeah it was it was special that's really the only words that come to mind uh being able to play with my older brother ryan he's he's three years older than me so we never really got to play the on the same team growing up because he was always bigger faster stronger and i always wanted to be like him so it was it was definitely special being able to play with him
0: is he still at you miami right now
1: he graduated last year which was a was one of the reasons why I ended up transferring is I wasn't able to play another year with him. So uh, he graduated and uh, he's got a he's got a great job working right around our house down in Northville.
0: So you transfer to Michigan State. What went into that decision?
1: There's a lot of things that obviously go through your mind when you're picking a place to spend the next couple of years uh, playing for and and living in and uh, being close to home was a a mm-hmm. great great start for for Michigan State and um, I think just the development side here everyone here wants you to get better the support staff all the coaches all the uh, everyone in the weight room everyone wants you to get better and and not just peak at times that they need you the most they want you to develop as a as a human and a hockey player so that was a, a big decision for me obviously Adam Nightingale is one of the best coaches in college hockey right now in my opinion so um, and I also wanted to win, and I knew coming in that that these guys were ready to to make the the next step and uh, really recruit a lot of new new faces around here and and bring back some of the the best players from last year. So uh, it's it's really kind of a all around decision, and I think uh, Michigan State really checked all the boxes for me.
0: So when you're going through that and making that decision you played for the development program in Plymouth as well and I know Nightingale coached there did you overlap with him at all or did you know him were you familiar before coming to Michigan State
1: yeah I played one game with with coach Nightingale he was a uh, I was on the 2003 team so when I was the on the u18 team for the program uh, he was coaching the the 17s team so um, yeah I, I ended up playing one game with him i I got injured so i i, I went went down to the seventeens <laughs> team, which isn't always fun but uh yeah, I got to play one game with him um and it was great you can tell from from just one game that that he's a legit coach and uh he wants the best from his players and and seems to get the most out of every player he coaches so uh he's a he's a really special coach and and someone that's uh helped me take the next next step here is um I feel like I've developed more than I have in the past six months than, the, than I have in the past two or three years.
0: Well, it feels like Coach Nightingale is really bringing a new name, or should I say bringing back the old name of Michigan State hockey and putting them back on the map. You guys are super competitive, 15-4-3 right now as we stand, which is incredible, ranked fifth in the country this week. What has he done? I know you, you described his coaching style a little bit, but what are you seeing from him and what are your teammates saying about the way that he's been able to bring this team back on the map?
1: I think it's the little things that, that Coach Nightingale is, is best with. He he really prides himself on making sure that we're given given our most every single day, whether it's a a Monday in August or it's, it's game seven uh, at the end of the year. So um, yeah, we practice like we want to develop every day, and he's he's someone that really preaches that and, and really tries to get the most out of us every single day, and uh, especially leading into the second half of the season, it's easy to kind of take your foot off the pedal and, and try to just maintain for the rest of the year, but uh, he, he's really been preaching that the second half of the year is really, really where the best teams kind of bridge that gap and, and uh, kind of shine out in front of everyone, so... Uh, the second half, we've been really pushing it and, and trying to, to take an even bigger step this next, next couple months.
0: We're leading into a big rivalry weekend, Michigan State, Michigan, little home and home action this weekend. And I know it's your first game of the rivalry actually as a Michigan State Spartan. Do you get the vibe of how big this rivalry actually is, though? oh yeah oh yeah
1: <laughs> every everyone's been talking about it, and it's uh it's games that you circle on the map before the yeah. season even starts, so um, I'm pumped i I know a lot of the Michigan team, so I've played with probably half of them so far, so um I'm excited you uh you always get excited to play against teammates and friends, and uh there's nothing better no better feeling than than uh than beating your friends when it comes to to competition and and uh it's something that I've been really looking forward to since the start of the year
0: okay so you guys you're friends before the game you're probably friends after the game are you good at separating that during the game
1: yeah yeah
2: I've
1: I've played against a lot of my buddies and the the hockey community is pretty pretty tight so um yeah it's it's uh it's a flip you got to switch as soon as you touch the ice that uh your only friends are the ones wearing the same colors as you. So um, yeah, this weekend they're going to be on the other team. So it's it's going to be a blood blast. So I'm, I'm excited.
0: All right. I have to ask this because I'm pulling on my own experiences from Michigan State. I graduated from here in 2016 and Let's just be honest, it's a fun place to go to school. It's a hard place to go to school. It's challenging, but there's always a lot going on. And I'm wondering, as a student athlete who has to worry about performing at a high level on the ice, has to worry about performing at a high level in the classroom, how do you deal with some of the other distractions that might be here at Michigan State, whether it's the parties or anything else that's going on around campus? The basketball team's always exciting. Those games are fun. So how do you remain focused as a collegiate athlete?
1: Um, It's definitely a fun place to come to school. That's that's for (laughs) sure, and um, I think it's the mentality of our team. Um, I've played with teams in the past that you know like to party and and stuff like that, but this team really seems to be really focused. And I mean, we we have our fun. We're in we're in college, not not like it's not we're not doing stuff that other college students do. But uh, it's it's all about picking picking and choosing when you when you have your fun and and when you really dial it in and. Um, yeah, I'm sure if we sweep this weekend it'll be a, a fun <laughs> Saturday night, but um yeah, it's it's all about picking and choosing and, and making sure that you're uh, you have the the right mentality and and the goals in mind that that you want to achieve and uh, trying to block away all the all the noise. It's, it's hard sometimes, but it's it's something that you really have to do.
0: So you're a junior in college, new to this team, but junior right so a little bit older than some of the guys that might be. On your team, have you found yourself taking on a bit of a leadership role now, or how is that working within the team itself?
1: Yeah, I think having played as as much as I have in college it's it's hard for the freshmen coming in and I've been in that position before so um yeah i've I try to use my leadership as much as i can i've I've been captains on teams in the past, and um yeah i'm I'm more of a leader by example i yeah. Um, I'm not the most vocal guy in the room, but um, I like to to bring it every day and and people seem to follow that so uh, as as much as I can do on and off the ice with leadership, I think it's just all about setting the best example for the people um, coming up or behind you and and trying to, to make sure that everyone feels accepted in the team and everyone feels important because every single player is, on the team is important, whether it comes, whether it's the, the third goalie or the, the 15th forward. Everyone has their own piece to the puzzle, and, and uh, everyone on this team has uh, really contributed to the reason why we've been so successful this year.
0: One of those players, we talked to Trey Augustine too, Goaltender and obviously a Red Wings prospect as well, so I'm sure you guys have bonded over that already. But what has it been like to play in front of a guy like Trey, who's putting up the numbers he is as a freshman?
1: It's definitely comforting, especially <laughs> uh, when you make mistakes. He uh, he's always there to, to to bail you out of jail sometimes, and uh, he's just the most solid goalie I've played for. It's 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 his consistently night in, night out, and. Uh, even in practice it's it's really intimidating to try to do anything against him so um he's been really solid this year and uh it's it's just been because of his work ethic he He works his, his tail off and um you got to give the kid props because he 's an eighteen year old guy playing against twenty two to twenty six year olds so it's 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 hard for him i've i've been a freshman before I know how it feels but he 's really uh taken it by the reins and he 's done a great job so far
0: and you've played in the World Juniors tournament, which he just got back from bringing home gold. So you're on a little bit of a high right now. You can tell us the truth. Is, is he riding that wave a little bit?
1: Yeah, I've I've had to to humble him a couple of times. <laughs> Good, so. keep
0: him humble for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah,
1: I make I make sure him and him and the ice man are as humble yeah. as I can get him.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. And I mentioned that you're both Red Wings prospects. So do you guys talk about that, or how do you relate to each other in that aspect? I know it's a little different with him being a goalie and you're a forward, but just being a part of the same organization
1: yeah it's it's cool obviously um we're both we live probably five minutes from each other back back home so it's it's cool we've we've always really dreamed about it growing up and um yeah I'm just ch- hoping that the Red Wings goalies stay healthy right now so we yeah. can keep Trey for the rest of the year it's it's scary sometimes seeing the, <laughs> the Red Wings goalies get hurt so um yeah he's uh we've talked about it a handful of times how cool it would be but um yeah, it's it's a little bit a uh, couple years away from the pitcher, but uh, it's 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 definitely exciting to be able to hopefully play with him for a long time.
0: So you're both kind of hometown kids in a way, drafted by the Red Wings. Did you grow up a Red Wings fan in this area? Right? You were you are just what what city did you grow up in again?
1: So I moved to Michigan in eighth grade. Eighth
0: grade, okay. Yeah. So
1: I live I live in Northville, so okay, it's about so thirty thirty five yeah. minutes from downtown and. Uh, Trey lives in South Lyon, which mm-hmm. is the neighboring city. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I actually grew up a Coyotes fan. Okay. Yeah, which is a little odd.
0: We can accept that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was definitely hard to root for them for a while, but um, obviously, moving here, you can really tell how big of a fan bases is, and how exciting it is for them to to finally be getting good again. It's it's pretty cool to see uh, the whole city kind of. Start to rile around them, and the Lions are doing good now, and it it seems like Detroit's on a real uptick right now, and it's it's cool to kind of get behind it.
0: So, you, have you adopted being a Lions fan too?
1: I have, I, I have, I've I've hopped on the bandwagon. I I told myself I've lived <laughs> here long enough that I could finally be a Lions fan and not feel guilty about it. So
0: they're like America's team; you never have to feel guilty about being a Lions fan, yeah. even if you do. You consider yourself a Cardinals fan at heart, or yeah, what?
1: I I can. I could care less about the Cardinals. Okay, I've, good. So you're a Lions fan. Yeah, We're going yeah. with it. Yeah.
0: We're rolling with it. And just back to the Red Wings, their development staff is, is great. I've talked to Dan Cleary a lot. He's said very good things about you. What is your communication like with them? Because obviously you have the staff here at Michigan State that's helping you right now. But on the NHL level, how much are you communicating with them?
1: Um, yeah, we talk. It's. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that we talk every day, mm-hmm. but... Um, we we do a handful of video sessions throughout the year with uh, with Cleary and and uh, Blaze and mm-hmm. uh, they give us great pointers and and try to keep the keep it so we have the same mentality at all times. Like they're not really trying to surprise me too much. I'm not trying to pull any strings or or trying to get anything out of them. So uh, yeah, we got great communication and they come to a lot of games because it's so close. I mm-hmm. I get to see them a, a good amount and um, yeah, communication's been good.
0: Do they provide you with any feedback in the sense of what things they want to see from you to help you take that next step and hopefully turn pro?
1: Yeah. Um, the biggest communications with that is when I was entering the portal, um, they wanted to, to see me win, which was a big something that I wanted to do as well. I, I did a lot of, a lot of, a lot of losing at Miami and, uh, I'm hoping that they, kind of turn the ship around down there but um, coming to Michigan State it's uh, it was definitely cool to start winning again and uh, it takes a big toll on your mental health too losing so much so uh, just being able to win and and have confidence while you're playing and and play with some great players it's it's pretty cool they wanted to to see me win and they wanted to see me put up points so um, it's it's definitely nice being able to play with such great players and uh, have that kind of green light to to do uh, what you think is right in every situation with Coach Nightingale. And uh, it's 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 just nice having that confidence within your your staff and your players.
0: Well, when it comes to putting up points, you're doing that right now at over a point per game rate, 23 points in 22 games played for you this season. Where do you feel your personal game is at right now, and how much has it improved throughout the season here at Michigan State?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it obviously feels pretty good right now. My uh, – our line is is clicking at a pretty high rate right now and uh hats off to the to the players I'm playing with we've we've uh, really kind of grown into our own and and we have really good chemistry right now so it's uh the game seems to to be a little bit slower right now and uh everything seems to to be clicking so it's it's nice and uh playing with with Joey Larson and and Gavin O'Connell, it's it's been it's been really special, and uh, those two guys are are great, and a lot of points I've been getting, I haven't had to do too much work for, so it's it's definitely nice. But uh, yeah, just confidence is a massive part of it. I think uh, our our line especially has been playing with a ton of confidence lately, and uh, we've been getting rewarded for it.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you to look into a crystal ball just a little bit and tell me what you think your future looks like after this year at Michigan State, after you guys win the national championship, and you get to say you did all of that. What did the next couple of years even look like for you in your mind?
1: Yeah, so I've had conversations with with Cleary and them about uh, what I feel is best for the end of the season, and uh, what we've kind of came to the conclusion is to make that decision at the end of the year at C.L., so I'm doing either. I'm not. I'm not trying to to leave Michigan State just to go play like fourth line minutes in Grand Rapids. But um, if if I believe it's best, if if the Red Wings believe it's best, obviously it'd be it'd be awesome to sign. And uh, if not, there's nothing wrong with coming back for another year and and getting my degree and uh, just having that piece of paper is awesome for for lifetime success. So. Um, either way, it's kind of a win-win for me, and I'm just excited for that.
0: Come back and hoist your second national championship yeah. trophy, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: That'd, that'd be pretty I cool. I do have
0: to say, though, myself included, we all want to see the name Savage on the back of a Red Wings jersey.
1: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Right? Yeah.
0: It, and your name's just great. Like It's, it's great. It, you, Redmond is your full name, right? Redmond Savage?
1: Yep, Redmond.
0: When did you start going by Red, just Red?
1: So it's actually a funny story about how I got my name. My, my older brother, like I said, he's three years older than me. So um, when I when my mom was pregnant with me, uh, he was three years old at the time, and uh, he was a super big fan of Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> so he uh, constantly called my mom's stomach Big Red. <laughs> so my, my parents were scrambling went to figure out a name that could go with it, and uh, they kind of searched through an Irish uh name dictionary or whatever to for baby baby naming and they came across Redmond and kinda stuck with it. So I've been I've been going by red my whole life or or Rouge. A lot of a lot of family back home in, in Northern Ontario I like to call me Rouge.
0: Okay. So you're named after Clifford the big red dog.
1: Yep, it's a lot uh <laughs> <laughs> a lot less cool when you when you put it that way. But. No, it's still cool.
0: And your last name being Savage makes you could have had whatever first name you wanted. The least cool first name ever, and your name still would have been cool. Yeah. What do, you, do you have a like hockey nickname? Do they just call you Red?
1: Yeah, my my brother was always Savvy, so mm. that was a little awkward growing up. And my dad was obviously Savvy as well. Yeah, with his hockey teams. But um, yeah, it's it's usually just Red, Red, Red or Savvy. That's that's basically it.
0: Red or savvy? I feel like hockey players are like famous for putting the Y. At, yeah. Short it in the name, add a Y to yeah. it. But savage is just, you got to go with savage. Yeah. They need, we need to get on that. Yeah, I'll get on that one. But thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. And we're all wishing you the best of luck at Michigan State this year.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Red has taken some huge strides in his game this year, and it was excellent to catch up with him and talk about his eventual path to Detroit. Now let's hear from his teammate. Joining me now is Red Wings prospect and current Michigan State goaltender, Trey Augustine. Trey, we're so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time.
3: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on.
0: All right, so I, I talked to Red Savage a little bit before I had a conversation with you, and he told me that he said to keep you humble since coming back from Sweden after bringing home that gold medal and playing as well as you did. Is that true? Has he been keeping you humble?
3: I mean, no, that's just a, a complete lie. You know, <laughs> Savvy is a great guy, but he's just totally lying about that. All
0: right. I'll believe, I think I believe you on it. I could kind of sense it. I think, I think I'll believe you there, but let's talk about that world junior tournament. You obviously played for team USA. You played in four games, posted a 9.34 save percentage and a one seven five goals against average, but brought home gold is yeah. probably the most important part of that. What was the overall experience like for you to represent your country in Sweden this year?
3: Yeah, no, it's an awesome opportunity. And obviously playing for the country. I mean, there's no better feeling than that. And obviously being able to come back home with a gold medal I mean can't get better than that
0: what does it do for your game personally to to just have experiences like that
3: yeah for sure I think just even from other experiences as well just use that to kind of keep building understand like what I have to do to make sure I'm prepared for pressure situations like I was in over there
0: pressure situations and you're playing well at Michigan State too and there's been some high pressure situations already this year how would you describe your adjustment to the, the college level of hockey in comparison? I know you played for the national team. Obviously, you've played against some of the best competition over at World Juniors. But what's your adjustment been like to the collegiate level?
3: Yeah, no, I think everyone's just bigger, faster, and stronger. So just kind of getting used to that. And obviously, sticking to my process of how I prepare for the weekends and stuff has been just really instrumental in helping me get ready.
0: What can you let us into in the preparation that goes into it. Because I know every goaltender I talk to kind of builds that routine. And you're still pretty young. So do you have a set routine right now? Are you still trying different things, trying to lock in exactly what that is? Yeah. or?
3: No, I mean, it's pretty set for me, obviously. Yeah. I think it just kind of goes throughout the week, like early in the week, getting like, good workouts in and so kind of pushing the weight to continue my development. And then obviously on the ice, just kind of getting back to it. Then as we move towards like Wednesday and Thursday, it's kind of more just getting ready for the weekends, making sure my body's feeling good, then obviously going out there and playing on Friday and Saturday.
0: All right. I want to go back to the national experience, the World Juniors experience just a little bit. Obviously the mix of players, that you're with or they're for everybody's from everywhere right it's not Mm -hmm. a team that's played much together but that team looked like they had so much chemistry throughout the entire tournament why do you think that was
3: well I think a lot of it has to do with the national team development program just kind of you play with so many of those guys there and obviously you get to know each other and build relationships that last a lifetime so coming back for a tournament like that with guys that you're already familiar with I think is a huge help
0: how about head coach David Carl, that coached the, the national team, the U.S. national team, and he's the head coach at the University of Denver right now, too. What did you think of playing under him, and how much did he impact the success the team had?
3: No, yeah, he was awesome. He was just a super good coach and super friendly off the ice. So he made everyone feel comfortable, and then obviously did his job and helped us win a gold medal there.
0: Yeah, he was great, and I, I got to chat with him a little bit. And just thinking now, when you come back to Michigan State, he goes back to Denver, right? That could be a pretty interesting matchup here at the end of the season, right? Yeah,
3: no, I mean, it's kind of it's crazy to think about like, a lot of the guys in that team. He could be playing right. against here late in the year. so.
0: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Michigan games coming up this weekend because as you and I sit and talk, rivalry weekend is upon us, and you're a freshman, so I, I we'll, we'll get into that. But first... We're going to talk about you being drafted by the Red Wings. So you were drafted in 2023, um, second-round pick, which is very exciting for you and kind of high for a goaltender pick. That's always, you know, we're looking at it like, oh, they took a goaltender in the second round. When you were drafted by the Red Wings, one, did you expect it, and two, what was your reaction to it?
3: Yeah, no, coming in, I really didn't know who was going to pick me in the see. I was kind of sitting there. I saw the Red Wings had a couple picks in a row, so I was just hoping to hear my name called. And then what I did here was just an awesome feeling, just kind of be able to share that moment with my family and friends. was super special.
0: And you're from South Lyon. Yep. Did you grow up a Red Wings fan? Of course. Okay, you did. So yep. who, who was your favorite Red Wing?
3: Uh, I think, well, I used to go watch games with Joe all the time. So I used to watch like, him and uh, Datsuk and Zetterberg. So okay. those were kind of my two favorites.
0: I thought you were going to name drop a goalie for us. So this leads me into the next thing. How did you become a goalie? Like, obviously, growing up in Michigan, a lot of kids play hockey, so you get into it that way. What made you gravitate towards the goaltender position?
3: Yeah, no, I think, like, just when I first started playing, I didn't like to get off the ice. And then for a goalie, you could just stay out there the whole time. So I just kind of grew towards it. And then, like, whenever our team needed a goalie, I just always volunteered. I just kind of fell in love with it.
0: Do you lean into that goalies are a little weird mindset? Like, do you lean into that a little bit? Or do you think it's just, you know?
3: Um, I think sometimes like the position kind of call for it. Yeah. But certainly there are some goalies that are weird, but (laughs) I I like to think that I'm not too weird. So.
0: Okay. So you're going to be the least weird goalie that the Red Wings have seen. And I can confirm that that's probably the truth. We (laughs) just had Alex Lyon on the podcast last week. Smart. Very smart. He's weird. He'll tell you. (laughs) He's weird. It's funny. He is weird. But yeah, that's fantastic. I love that you got to grow up a Red Wings fan, hear them call your name. I can't remember. Was it Chris Draper? or Was it Steve Eiserman that called your name when you were? Uh, it
3: was Draper. It was
0: Draper. Mm-hmm. So, did, were you familiar with Chris Draper when he was the one that that called your name?
3: Yeah, yeah. No, you, re- I've like okay. I've seen all those guys around all the time, right. Growing up in Michigan and stuff, and seeing them like when he used to coach like Little Caesars and stuff. So I've always kind of knew who he was.
0: Okay, so I mentioned that we would talk about Michigan, but the first thing I have to ask you is, you were going to go to Michigan, the University of Michigan, originally, correct? Yeah. And then you decommitted and committed to Michigan State, which could be considered a crime sometimes in, yep. in this state, right? I'm wondering what went into that and what were your reasons behind the transfer or the decommit and recommit to Michigan State?
3: Yeah, so I originally committed to Coach Pearson at Michigan mm-hmm. and then obviously the whole plan was that he would hire a goalie coach by the time I got there. And then yeah. when he got fired and then Coach Narada was brought in, I kind of basically just told him, like, hey, I'm going to look around. There's no goalie coach lined up on the staff yet. So I kind of just reopened it all up. I took a visit again to Michigan with Coach Narado, and then I kind of made a decision from there that it wasn't going to be the best place for me. And then went on three more visits, took one here, and just obviously my relationship with Coach Nightingale, it means a lot just kind of knowing I have his trust. So Mm -hmm. just kind of made a decision for me.
0: Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I know you spent some time with the development program, but you didn't play for... Adam Nightingale did you while you were there? Or what's the relationship like?
3: Yeah, so he was coaching the under 18 team yeah. when I was a 17 And then I got called up to play for him like the second half of my U17 year. So I was able to spend probably three to four months playing with him before, I, uh, before he left to coach here.
0: And what do you like about him specifically?
3: Yeah, well, firstly, I think he's just a great human being. I think that's the most important thing you can have in a coach, is just knowing that they always want the best for you. And then, obviously, Mm -hmm. as a coach, he's awesome. I mean, he's super big on competitiveness and selflessness, so it's kind of a great fit.
0: And with Michigan weekend upon us right now, you've got a home-and-home with them this weekend. And you're a freshman, so I don't expect you to fully understand the rivalry yet. But are you getting there? Do you understand where this rivalry is and how much it means to each school?
3: Yeah, I mean, I grew up here, so of I of course kinda feel yeah. it. I know i know the games will be pretty pretty exciting. So
0: And how are you, are you preparing any different for these games, like than you would a normal no. matchup? No. Yeah, no,
3: always every game the same.
0: And now that you're where are we? We're about the halfway point of the season for your college hockey season. And you're so close to Detroit, which I think is always really interesting when you're drafted by the team and they can really just take the hour and a half drive and come watch you play whenever they want. Um, what's your communication like with them? I'm sure most of your contact is with Phil sayer correct?
3: Um, yes, it is. Obviously, it's nothing too serious right, right. now. Just kind of keeping in touch. And then obviously, if he has something to like input on my game or anything he'll send me an email with a couple of clips and stuff but nothing too serious going on right now
0: so he'll send you some feedback at, at points throughout the season or how does he how do i word this so he's not getting too involved right is yeah. basically no, the way he lets you're me wording do my it. thing yeah.
3: with coach to michael here and then obviously he'll like text me after a weekend and like mm-hmm. if you saw something he'll like just mention it quick but obviously there's nothing too much he can do so
0: Well, when you look at this Michigan State team, 15-4-3, a really good record as we get through the halfway point, ranked fifth in the country right now. Why is this team so good?
3: I think it starts with the culture that we have here and that Coach N'Angelo has kind of put in place since he's got here. I think it just starts with kind of everyone buying in, just kind of being selfless and just putting the team first.
0: All right, and last question for you, Trey. The next few years, if you could draw them up any way you wanted to, what would they look like?
3: Ooh. I mean, obviously, I want to win a national championship here yeah. and then one more gold medal at World Juniors next year, and then hopefully be playing for the Red Wings.
0: If you win a national championship and another gold medal, we're going to have to keep Red right by your side to <laughs> keep you humble all the time, isn't yeah. it?
3: No, I mean, maybe at that point.
0: but <laughs> It's no. interesting, though. I was talking to him about it, just the fact that you guys are both Red Wings prospects, and... It's unique, and I know that's not exactly what's on your mind while you're playing here at Michigan State. You have your mind on a national championship here. But it has to be cool to be able to bounce things off each other just being a part of that same organization.
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely just kind of having that relationship too. Like, obviously, hopefully down the road we'll both be playing for the Wings. So just be super cool to experience that and kind of go along this process with him.
0: All right, Trey. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And we wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season. And congrats on the gold medal. You don't have it with you, do you? You don't have that no, gold medal with not, you? No, not
3: with me right now. Sorry. No.
0: Is it at home home with your parents? Or? Yeah. I was going to say, you better not have that at like your, your college house.
3: Yeah, no, it can't be up here. No, no chance. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no,
3: thanks for having me on.
0: Okay. Trey is perhaps the most serious 18-year-old that I've ever talked to, but his future is definitely bright, and every Red Wings fan should be excited to have him as a part of the organization. Now we're going to get in to our two-minute minor segment, and for today's segment, I talked to Patrick Kane before the team headed out on the road this week about his experience with the halfway point of the season. Everybody kind of likes to use that as a measuring stick. Where's the team at? And I asked Patrick Kane about that and how he measures the team after 41 games. Check it out. Daniela Bruce joined by Red Wings forward Patrick Kane. Patrick, today I want to talk to you about reaching the halfway point of the season. In your career, how much have you looked at the halfway point as a marker for whether it's playoffs or where the team is at, or do you have a feel at that point at what the team can do?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, halfway point always seems to go by really quick, especially this this year for me when uh, I think I played 16 games. So, uh, um, you know, I think the team's in a good position. You know, I think we have uh, 44 points. I think, you know, usually you want to be around that 94, 95, 96 mark at end of the year, so uh, probably have some work to do to get to that level uh, in the um, second half of the season, but, um, you know, I think this team has the potential to do it.
0: How much as a player do you pay attention to the rest of the league and what other teams are doing and just The question is based on how well the East is playing right now. Every team seems to be kind of making a case for themselves.
2: Yeah, there's definitely like a log jam there in the the wild card spot and uh, maybe five or six teams below it. So, um, you know, I think uh, um, you're paying attention, but maybe not looking too much right now. Maybe uh, um, that happens uh, maybe 20 games or so from now. Um, but uh, definitely checking up to see how teams are doing, which teams are trending who 's playing well,
0: and then you say you like where this team is at. What are some of the things that you would like to see in the second half to maybe take it to the next level?
2: Um, I just think uh, I think we can play on the attack a little bit more. I think sometimes we sit back a little bit, um, kind of wait for the game to come to come to us. I think we can initiate that, play on the attack, have the puck a little bit more. Um, I know it's it's easier to say try and win the game, but sometimes you kind of sit back and maybe uh, you don't want to make a mistake. I think um, this team's too good to uh, to play like that, so I think we can play on the attack a bit more.
0: Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Patrick Kane, a true pros pro, and hopefully Kane is back in the lineup really soon. We're going to take a quick look at the Red Wings' schedule leading up to the All-Star break before we wrap up today's episode, and we've talked about this quite a bit because the schedule really doesn't let up within the next week, week and a half. The team will finish their road trip in Carolina on Friday, taking on the Canes, and then they come home to start a five-game homestand that begins on Sunday with Tampa, and then in that week they take on Dallas, Philly, and Vegas at Little Caesars Arena, and they close things out on January 31st with Ottawa before heading into the All-Star break. That's a tough schedule, and I think this week is going to be huge for the Red Wings in either gaining some ground or falling back to a place they don't want to fall back to. So a big week coming up for Detroit. And the Red and White Authority will also be back next Thursday, as always. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Hopefully Art Regner will be back with me next week, too. We want to send another thank you to Labatt Blue Light, the official Canadian beer of the Red Wings, and, of course, the Red and White Authority. We'll see you next week, everyone.